Here we are at the fourth week of the Don't Do It series. Uh, that's the series we're working through Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus goes through a list of things and he tells us not to do things. He tells us how not to do things and he tells us how to do them. And a quick recap, and you can find all these on the Forge podcast, but a quick recap. The first week we talked about giving to the needy and practicing righteousness and how not to do that, how to do it. Then the second week we talked about prayer and, again, how not to do it, how to do it. And then last week we talked about forgiving people. And remember, that kind of broke the normal flow of this series. But um, what would we call that? Forgiveness? Definitely do it. Uh, But now we're back to more than normal style here tonight. And... um, but before we get into the scripture, there's been a reoccurring character in this series. And who, does anyone remember who it is? You wouldn't have to look far if you have Matthew chapter 6 up. Who's the reoccurring character so far within the series? The hypocrites, yes, thank you. Exactly, the hypocrite. Um, and I feel like this passage today that we'll read definitely builds off the understanding from the last two passages. Uh, So we'll look at that as well as some other stuff. But uh, let's pray, and then we'll open up Matthew chapter 6. Father, thank you for another day that we get to gather as young adults, um, and just thank you for the worship team being here and just leading us in in just beautiful songs of praise to you. Um, Just... What an honor that we get to do that. And what an honor and what a blessing that you give us your word and that that we're able to read it and we don't have to be afraid when we're reading it. And I just pray that your word um, is alive in our hearts and in our minds here tonight as we look at it. Uh, May your spirit intercede for us and help us um, for where where our flesh doesn't understand. May your spirit give us uh, a divine understanding. Thank you. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 6, starting at um, verse 16, which I am not there. There we go. Starting at verse 16, the caption is fasting. It says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So, first let's, let's state the obvious, right? And I already said it. Who's back? The hypocrite. The hypocrite's back, right? And in the notes of my Bible, it points out um, verse 6, or not verse, chapter 6, 2 and 5. And that says, Thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. And what's verse 5 say? It says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. And just looking back at today's passage, 
And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the... Thank you. That was good. That was good. So, like I said, the, the, cap, the, the passage is really building off of itself here. Likewise, um, in verse 18 of the passage, it says that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And the notes point back to verse 4 and verse 6, which say, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And verse 6 says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I love the, the symmetry of these passages and just kind of the, the cadence that, that Jesus is laying down repeatedly. I think he really wants us to understand that. I would say. But, um, but I do, I want to talk to you about fasting. Um, I want to answer a few questions. Uh, the questions I want to answer are, what is fasting? I want to answer, do we need to fast? Like, should you fast? Um, what can you fast? What items can you fast? And why would you fast? So I want to answer those four questions here today. Um, and we're going to start with what is fasting. And put simply, it's abstaining from food or a certain item um, for a time. And instead of you eating or using that item for that time, you're devoting that time to the Lord. So just to be clear, let's talk about food for a second because that's the most common thing that people do fast. It's not a diet plan, right? It's not a way to lose weight. And I want to really clarify that because there's a pretty popular term right now called intermittent fasting. And it's not fasting. It's intermittent not eating, right? Because people aren't substituting that time of, of not eating for seeking after the Lord, praying, looking to God. They're, they're using that intermittent time of not eating to try to lose weight, eat healthier. I'm not saying anything against that. I'm sure it's probably a, I'm not qualified to say if that's good or not. But um, it's not fasting, right? If, if there's no spiritual component to it, it's not fasting. It's just not eating or not doing something. So I, I, like, I like it said that giving up what your body needs for what your spirit needs. Like, your body needs food, right? But you're giving up what your body needs, your flesh needs, for what your spirit needs. Um, so that's what fasting is. <clears throat> Surrendering something, abstaining from something, and replacing it with time with the Lord, prayer, spiritual growth. So what can you fast? We already talked about food. What can you fast? I personally... I'm only aware of three items that were fasted in the Bible. <clears throat> I, I could be wrong about that. I didn't memorize the whole Bible and everything that was fasted. But I'm only aware of three things. And that's food. And that's what we talked about. And that's the most common thing that I've seen fasted. <clears throat> um, drink, right? Water. Uh, that's less common. And uh, as far as I know, only... only um, fasted food and water one part of the bible and um 
uh, oh, I didn't put where it's found, but I, I think it's, I think it's Esther. Does anyone know that? Does anyone? Oh, that is correct. Thank you. <laughs> so, but it says, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. That's serious, right? That, that is quite a fast, a three-day fast of no food, no drink, in the night or the day. Because there are, there are times that people will fast where they'll fast only during the day, and then they'll eat at night. But in this case, no food, no drink for three days. That is a big undertaking, much less common than just fasting food. Uh, and then the third item that I know is talked about abstaining from, fasting in the Bible, for spiritual purposes is sex. And it's in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5. It says, Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So uh, obviously that's to married people. Um, he's basically saying have sex and uh, the reason you shouldn't have sex is to abstain from it so that you can focus on prayer. So those are the, the three things that I've found in the Bible, uh, like biblical fasting examples. And what's really interesting to me about all three of these things, food, water, and sex, is life requires them. They, they are all required by life, right? No food, you die, right? No water, you die even faster. No sex, and there's no new life. There's no bringing humans into the world, right? They're all life-supporting, life-sustaining items. So we see this trend of denying our necessities to put a focus on the Lord. So now, food, drink, and sex... Are those the only things you can fast? Or, for example, can I fast things that are not life-supporting, like technology, like my phone? Um, and before I get into that, I want to be clear that this is my opinion. Um, you won't find it in the Bible about fasting your phone, okay? But this is my opinion that uh, you can absolutely fast your phone. You can absolutely fast technology. And... Um, in my opinion is that's an excellent thing to fast from. I think you would get a lot of benefit if you put down your phone and said, you know what? I'm not going to use my phone for a day. I'm not going to use my phone for an hour even, right? Who, who does that? And instead, I'm going to take that time and I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to use this time to get closer to the Lord. I think that's a great thing to fast from. I think that's a really healthy thing to fast from, both on a spiritual level and just a human level. I think that's, I think that's going to be really beneficial to you. Um, just remembering, though, that if I say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast my phone, I'm going to put it down so I can just really be in the moment, so I can just really enjoy this time, I can just really hang out with my friends, not fasting, Still really good, right? I'm still encouraging you to do that, just not fasting. It's not the same thing. It's when you give something up to put focus on the Lord.
So turn your phone off alone, not a fast. Just like a diet alone is not a fast. Um, so the, the last thing I want to say is that I don't believe, again, this is my opinion, that a technology fast would replace the need to do a food fast like so many of the characters in the Bible have done, including Jesus, who did a 40-day fast. Um, I, I want to be clear that I'm not, I'm not recommending that you guys never do a food fast, right? Oh, I'm, I, just, I just fast from my phone. I just fast from my computer. I, I don't do the whole life-sustaining thing. No, no, I, I still think that's, it, it's not replacing it. It's not the same thing. Giving up your phone. Your a phone's not life-sustaining, right? Technology is not life-sustaining. In most cases. But it's not the same thing as food, water, or sex. Um, so that's, so what is fasting, right? We, we covered that. What can you fast? We covered that. And now the question, do you, do you have to do it? Do you need to fast? And I kind of spoiled that a little bit in the last question, but um, it was quite a common practice for Old Testament Jews, but is it something that we need to be doing today? And we don't have to look far to find that answer. Um, in, the, in the passage we read, what's Jesus say? Right there at the beginning. And when you fast, it doesn't, you know what it doesn't say? And if you fast, that's not what it says. And it says, and when you fast. So we see Jesus is expecting us to fast. He's not leaving it up for some question like, oh, if you decide to do it. No, no, he is a, he's expecting us to do it, right? So I, I, think it's, I think it's clear that, yes, that's something that we should be doing in our Christian walk. When we're following Jesus, there's times when you'll have to fast. Um, so now we know what a fast is, <laughs> items you can abstain from in a fast, and uh, we know that Jesus is expecting us to fast. So the last question is, why? Why would you do it? Right? Why would I give up food? I love food, probably more than most people, to be honest. All right, hold on. <clears throat> I'm not saying I like food more than I like people. I'm saying I like food more than most people like food. That's not in the notes. So I'll stick to the notes. <laughs> so why, why fast? Why fast? Why give up something that you need, you physically need, to, to get something that you spiritually need? I, just, I have a few examples here. And um, I'm going to let you guys tell me why you think they fasted. Okay? So this is going to be a little, I'm going I'm to require response here. Sometimes it's, I'm just warning you that you're going to be answering a question here. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights lying in a sackcloth on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. So his son's sick, right? And he's, he's just laying on the ground, just fasting, just praying. Why? Why is he doing it? What's that? It's to be uncomfortable. So 
Yeah, so so he's definitely uncomfortable. But I so what's the what's the reason behind the <clears throat> the fast? What drew him to this point where he became uncomfortable to seek the Lord, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I might not have done a great job explaining. Yeah. Okay. So he was, it, it was in prayer. Yeah. It was specifically repentant. Okay. He was right. In caught in sin by obviously God knew, but more specifically Nathan, the prophet called him out on that. Right. Yeah. Thank you. So, right. So we, we see David caught in sin, right? And he's, and he's just fasting and he's praying and he's repenting, but he's praying for the healing of his son, right? So what, what brought him to this point? Well, seeking forgiveness and seeking healing for his son. So thank you, Ian. There's more, there's more. So we'll get better. Uh, Here's a verse. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So obviously you don't have a lot of context there, but based on the little bit you have, what drew this individual to fasting? I'll read it again. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Yeah, he's mourning. Exactly. Thank you. He's in sorrow. This person is just sad. And it drew them to fasting. Here's another one. Paul and Barnabas, Paul, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. What, what made them fast in this scenario? Yeah. Right. So so they were was it dedicating time to praying over them and praying for their success and that this these are the people God wanted in this church. So Right, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They were praying, they were fasting in their decision making. They were about to make a really big decision of church leadership, and they took that time. Instead of just making it all on the fly, no thought, no prayer, they took time and they fasted, right? So we have praying for healing and forgiveness. We have just somebody in total sorrow. We have people fasting to help discern the right decisions. We have two more. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. I'll, I'll give you this one for free because we already talked about it with the first one. Returning to the Lord when you're, when you're found straying away from God, right? When you're found in sin and you need to repent and return to the Lord for forgiveness, 
that the Lord's calling us to fast in those times when we're caught up in sin and just straying from the path that, that God has for us. Fast. Give up something you physically need for something you need so much more. Last one. Uh, there's a name in here. I probably won't get right. <clears throat> there, by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. Why did, why did they fast there? What's that? Yeah, safe travel. They were about to go on a journey, and they, they wanted the Lord to grant them safety in that. And <clears throat> that's exactly why they fasted. And um, later it says that, that God answered them in that and that they were able to make that, that travel safe. So uh, I'm sure there's other reasons to fast, but just to go through them again, asking prayer for the healing of somebody, um, making decisions, making big decisions, whenever you need to turn away from your sin when you need to turn and repent and come back to the Lord fast and when you're, you're doing something right when you're, when you're doing something big and maybe you need safety <clears throat> maybe um, like uh, Paul and Barnabas you need direction but when, when you really need God to intercede on your behalf like they did on this journey fast give up what your what your body needs what your flesh needs for something you need more for what your spirit needs to draw near to the lord to focus on the lord to pray to humble yourself that's what that's what fasting is about and again you can probably find a lot more examples in the bible about that but that's just a few <clears throat> that i wanted to talk about today so um that's fasting. Yes, we have to do it. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's, we're expected to do it, right? We're expected to do it. But when we do it, we're not to be like the hypocrites, where, where we walk around and let everyone know that we're fasting and like, oh, look at me. Look at me fasting. I'm such a good Christian, right? Fasting, giving up. I'm so hungry, but don't even, don't worry about me. No, thank, don't worry. I, I'm good. I'm fasting. No, we're supposed to do it in secret so that the Lord, your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word and um, just for always being true, always being relevant. And I pray for this group just with our understanding of fasting and our practice with fasting. Um, may, we, may we be better at it. May I be better at it. And may we see the benefit in it. <clears throat> and when we do fast, I pray that we do it right and that we do it for you not to be seen by um, people, not to get a reward from people like the hypocrites do, but to, to truly draw near to you, to truly get the reward from you 
that's so much better than the reward from mankind. Thanks for this group. I pray you bless them. I pray you keep them. And just may we constantly be turning to you and, and following your way. Thank you. Amen.